This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3464 for Thursday, the 11th of November 2021. Today's show is entitled, Being Irrational. It is hosted by Andrew Conway, and is about 13 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is Being Irrational, is rational. Hello Hacker Public Radio people, this is McNallu, also known as Andrew, and uh, in this episode I wanted to talk to you about something uh, that has been rattling around inside my mind for a while, and that is being irrational, that is not being rational. Now these thoughts were prompted, um, well, I'm really riffing on some ideas that came to mind while listening to a recent episode by Klaatu where he was talking about science and evidence and so forth. Uh, although I'm not going to go into COVID stuff again. Uh, Dave and I, I think, covered that to my satisfaction in a previous episode. No, in this one, I want to tackle the, the strange flip side of um, how we approach science, maths, or even computer programming, which I think would be most relevant to hackers here. Um, and essentially my thought line goes like this. So let's consider playing a game of chess. Now, chess is a completely deterministic game. You don't roll a dice. The rules don't change. You don't argue or debate over the rules. You don't say, well, sometimes a rook can turn left. No, rook always goes in a straight line across the squares. Bishops always go diagonally. Knights always go in an L shape and so forth. Uh, You know, in a role-playing game like Dungeons and Dragons, you can quibble with a dungeon master about how you might interpret the rules. Nothing like that in chess. Also, as I said, no dice rolls. So it's completely deterministic. Given the state of the board right now, you can actually write down a list of the next possible moves. And it isn't that long a list. Now, the thing is about chess, of course, is that um, a computer would be very good at analysing moves ahead. Because, as I say, there's only a, a, a set number of moves, legitimate moves you can make from any setup of the board. And um, a computer can look at that and then look at what the other player might move but very quickly you end up with an exponential explosion. Um, so it's deterministic, but actually harder than you may think. So our first computers, you know, the computers I grew up with in the 1980s, the, you know, the 8-bit computers, I had a BBC Micro, but if you're thinking ZX Spectrum or Commodore 64, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. They couldn't be that good at chess because they just weren't powerful enough. But now my f- smartphone can easily beat me at chess. Um, but I can do something my smartphone cannot do. I can get better at chess. I can practice. And maybe there's some chess programs that can learn. Yes. Um, but uh, I, my, when I got my very first smartphone, which was a Google G1, I used to play it. I got a chess app for that, and it used to beat me every single time, even in the easiest difficulty setting. And I felt so humbled because I thought, you know, pretty good at chess, you know. 
Um, you know, against humans anyway. You know, I never played it that seriously, but I thought I was an okay player. But no, my smartphone, the, the, the dumbest smartphone, admittedly, but it's still a smartphone, could easily beat me in the easiest difficulty setting. So, then, after weeks of trying, one night, I'm sat on a train in the station, waiting to go home. So it's, I've been at the pub in Glasgow, quite, quite a few pints to drink, so I'm, let's face it, I'm a little bit drunk. And I'm sitting there on the train, waiting for it to depart, and I, to my utter astonishment, I beat my phone at chess while I'm drunk. I've never managed to do it while I'm sober. Okay, so maybe luck. Maybe luck. Certainly, next day I play it when I'm sober, I lose again. Now, Obviously, some science um, is required, a scientific experiment. I need to reproduce this result and drink lots of beer again. But um, putting that aside, the serious point I'm making here is it's probably true to say that when I'm not thinking directly, I can be a better chess player than when I'm thinking completely rationally and logically. And indeed, the way that computers used to play chess, and uh, the way that they still play chess, which is by essentially brute force looking ahead, um, is quite capable of beating all but the best players. And I think now even the best players in the world. So you you have to to start asking myself, well, how do I play chess? When you play chess, you're not just looking at the next... The next move you will probably think through, uh, do a look ahead and a small enough number of moves you can consider it and also the number of moves that your opponent might do but then when you consider the moves you might do in response to that, that's starting to get a little bit but certainly beyond my abilities to enumerate all the possibilities that's not how an experienced chess player plays though an experienced chess player speeds that up measurably by using their experience a bit of pattern recognition and some human intuition so they don't really step through all those steps. They, they shortcut them. Now, actually, this shouldn't be uh, a surprise to anybody because if you play a sport like football or cricket or baseball, you know, it's not like you solve all the equations of motion and Newton's law of gravitation in order to hit a ball. You know, you use your experience, your intuition, your practice. You have to do all of that. So, um, and this is what really what I'm getting at, that... I think sometimes, in, with all the advances we've made with science, all the technology around us, we fool ourselves into thinking that our irrational mode of thought is somehow inconvenient, and that irrational, as a word, irrational, spelt with an I, uh, is a pejorative word. You're being irrational is almost akin to saying you're being stupid. You've lost, you know, you've lost control of yourself. Um, but I'd like to reclaim that word a little bit, because uh, I think being irrational is actually a very important mode of our thought. In fact, in many ways, for many things, especially when it comes to being creative, is really the only way that we can proceed. You can't, you can't um, compute what makes a great painting uh, or a lovely piece of music. Another example is that if any of you play a musical instrument, I play the guitar, although I don't play as much as I used to, you might recognise the, the strange phenomenon when you're trying to learn a new, you know, say in the guitar, I'm trying to learn a new chord or chord sequence or fingering or finger plucking or whatever, and you're doing it slowly and you're learning, and then you get you feel like you're getting better after maybe an hour of practice, but then you start to get worse, you over-practice. So you put your guitar down, you 
go off, maybe chill out for a bit, go to bed, wake up the next day, pick up the guitar, and wow, you can play it, but you haven't practiced overnight. Well, at least you haven't practiced physically overnight, but perhaps I think during my sleep I have practiced that certain strengthening of synapses or whatever has been going on in the brain while I've slept. I don't know what goes on in my sleep. Uh, I'm not sure anyone does really, but certainly something good happens. And it's certainly not conscious, rational thought. It's certainly unconscious uh, if you're asleep by definition. So that's my second example. So the first one was chess. Second one would be uh, playing a musical instrument. Um, Again, there's a certain, you know, people talk about Bach, uh, J.S. Bach, as having some mathematical quality, uh, having a mathematical quality to it. Um, I don't really know what to make of that. I kind of see what they mean. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Bach, I have to say, but I do see what's good about it. You know, I do find it intriguing. Um, But is it the same bit of me that is interested in maths? Or I'm not sure it is. I'm not sure. But maybe, maybe it could be. So this leads me into the third example I uh, I wanted to talk about, which is possibly, I think, the most rational mode of uh, of human endeavour and structuring human thought. Now, you could say it's it's science and the scientific method, but actually, it's probably, in my opinion, well, my opinion anyway, it's mathematics. Um, in fact, there is literally a branch of mathematics um, about uh, logic, Boolean logic, and other forms of logic. Um, but I'm won't talk about mathematics in general. So mathematics. If you're doing mathematics, you're got a you write down an equation, and then there's only a series of operations that you can do in that equation that will produce the next step. And again, like the game of chess, it isn't optional. There's no well, I I feel like this today, so the next step's going to be I'll put an extra Y in the right hand side, but not on the left. Nope, can't do that. There's only a series of there's only a, you know a certain um, number of rules that can apply in math on operations you can do in turning one step of a mathematical argument into the next step. Uh, they, they're ruthlessly logical and rigorous, and it's very difficult sometimes for our puny, non-rational human brains, uh, or other brains that are not geared up, I think, to think rationally, uh, to comprehend mathematics for that reason. That's why so many people find it difficult. Now, so well, perhaps mathematics, perhaps that's the thing that's pure rationality. There is no creativity, there's no room for, uh, you know, there's no room for any of that pattern recognition stuff going on in chess. Or is there? Well, it is true that, say you have a, a theorem in mathematics, a statement that uh, is uh, said to be correct, uh, true, rather, Um that you will then seek to find the proof to verify that that theorem, that statement, is true. And uh, that process of producing a proof is not rational. If you look at the way a mathematician uh, will go about finding a proof, and it doesn't need to be, you know, a like high-fluting mathematician. You could do this, try and... You know, try try it yourself. Try try and prove that Pythagoras is true. For example, that x squared plus y squared equals z squared, um, where z is the longest side of a, a right angle triangle, and x and y are the two shorter sides. Now, it's actually not that difficult to prove if you've got a little bit of maths. If you've got no maths whatsoever, I guess it's very very hard to prove. Um, but 
actually, when you stop and think about how you would do it, how you derive a proof, how you would generate a proof, that's not a rational process. The proof itself has got to be rational. It's got to be the step follows from the step follows from the step with no ifs, buts, or randomness involved at all. But you, in order to find it, you have to do something creative and you have to use your irrational, irrational mode of thought to do it. Um, and I think when people stop and, and realise that about mathematics, they, then you really do realise uh, that uh, that we really can't escape the rational side of our minds. Even when we try to, we're stuck with it and we have to live with it. Now, I'm not doing down the rational side of things at all. I'm not saying uh, that you know a computer program should sometimes give a different result because you know because the, the 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 CPU decides oh I'm going to do a different instruction today he asked me to copy that bit of uh, memory from there to there but I'm not going to do that I'm just going to make up a number you know uh, no we don't want computers to do that and I'm certainly not advocating it there's definitely a place for rag- so rational logical sequence thought uh, and processing definitely is what I'm saying is really. Next time you say that's irrational, maybe think twice because I don't think being irrational should be as pejorative as it has come to be. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR is kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.